Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today I am very excited to have this guest on. Pat Steadman is a dating and relationship coach. So guys, hold on tight because this guy is going to have tons of value for you if you're in the dating game. He's going to help you maximize that and help you achieve happiness and fulfillment through a partner, through your dating life, and bring all that to the next level. So, Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Gavin. Absolute pleasure to have you here, man. And uh, thank you for coming here. Yeah. So, yeah, I've I've given you a brief introduction there in terms of uh, your title, a dating and relationship coach, and in your own words, what does that entail exactly? Well, um, I think that coaching is such a really broad term and sometimes it's a bullshit term. Uh, a lot of, you could say dating coaches, relationship coaches are focused very narrowly on something. So, uh, a lot of dating coaches would be thrown into like maybe the PUA category. Like it's about trying to go pick up girls and, if you can get the guy laid, then you're a good dating coach, right? And that's that's sort of their their construct. Um, that's not how I operate. Uh, it's not my my focus. Of course, uh, those outcomes occur, but I try to tackle the problems that guys have on multiple levels. So, for instance, if you are having problems approaching a girl. Well, going out and practicing approaching is going to be good, right? That's going to be helpful. And knowing some information about how to go approach a girl, that's also going to be helpful. But where's the blockage in the belief that exists? Where is the fear, the self-doubt, because or the inability to handle tension? So I, I don't... I will always attack a problem from multiple levels and I'm probably known even more so than like as a coach that deals with inner work. Um, I, I'm, I, I, I do not consider myself an inner game coach. Cause I, I think if you're just doing that, then you're more of a therapist and you're not like, you need to be able to have both. You need to be able to diagnose situations and you need to be able to show guys how to actually execute but yeah, I wear a lot of hats. Let's put it that way. I do a lot of belief shifting. And one of the things I'm known for is that with every new client I work with, we have, we talk for three hours. We have a three hour long call, the first one, and it really just goes through their entire life. And the whole point is to basically deconstruct them and then recon begin to reconstruct them from there. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, that's I love that approach. That's what I'm all about. You're really going back to the the foundations of who they are and what's brought them to the point where they're at, where they're struggling to initiate a conversation with a woman or to reach out or go for a date. Um, as you said, a lot of those self-limiting beliefs and to uh, to somewhat move forward from there. But what do you feel is a, a common struggle? With a lot of these guys who who do uh, struggle to to go on a date or to to uh, initiate that part of their lives or to move forward to that towards that part of their lives, what is the biggest thing you feel that holds them back? Well, if you want to distill it into one word, it's fear. Um, the question, of course, is fear of what exactly? A lot of people today, not just men, of course. Um, in fact, it may even seem as if women, I was on a show last night, I mean, we were talking a bit about this. Women and men, everybody's really traumatized. I mean, we live in a society that 
<laughs> you know, you got the Hegelian dialect going on here. Like you, they'll, they'll traumatize people and then people respond and then they'll say, oh, here's a solution. And they traumatize you more. And they, this has been going on for decades. And that's why you see society degenerating. But I digress. Um, the, the point here is that men and women have been divided deliberately and as a result they they have all sorts of emotional blockages that will stop them from trying to be able to connect with each other so for a lot of guys how it looks depending on where the guy's at and let me be clear that that there is an enormous number of guys that i don't work with um you know and and like guys who are sort of more in like the MGTOW circles. I don't usually work with guys like that. And it's not because I'm, you know, being disrespectful for them. It's just that we don't, we're not really a natural fit. Like every guy who works with me has been, has at least hit the point where he's ready to deal with what he's afraid of. I don't try to get into just conversations with guys who are complaining about the circumstances, but even those guys who are making the jump in, for many of them, they're still because they just sort of made that decision. There's a lot of fear of of what happens if they expose themselves to a woman. What happens if um, or, you know, on maybe another level, they can get women, but their interactions with women are all extremely superficial. And so they won't allow themselves to get close to a woman. So they, they keep things very surface level. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. People are afraid of getting hurt. Yeah. They're afraid of getting hurt fundamentally and acting themselves. Yeah. It's all self-protection. And the issue with self-protection of course, is that uh, you never get what you're looking for. If you, if you're self-protection, mm-hmm. self-protecting, right. If you, if you're unable to, and, you know, it's a trigger word for guys. If you're unable to be vulnerable, and I'm not talking about, like, go and have a little cry circle with some, some girls you meet at the bar. <laughs> but, I mean, like, if you're being vulnerable as a man is can be expressing your interest. That's being vulnerable as a man. Um, if you can't do that, then you're not going to get, you're not going to get a girl like play like footsie with her trying to hope, Oh, is she going to, she's going to be interested. Is she going to, yeah, you have to expose yourself. You have to put yourself out there. And one of the things I've, I've been really trying to emphasize for men, because I think they need to hear this in a masculine capacity as a man, as a man, your ability to basically express your masculinity is contingent on being at your edge. So most guys die between the ages of 30 and 35, really by 30, because they stop living on their edge. When you're younger, there's a lot more, you know, life is kind of puts you a little bit on the edge. You're still potential for it. But then it's like, okay, you get your job. Okay, you know, everything starts to become really cushy and they, they give up with it. But the men who go on their edge and who are like, yeah, this is a challenge, this is a risk, but I'm going to do it anyway, because a man discovers himself on his edge. So he grows, he expands, and he attracts women as a result from that. And part of it, part of this stuff at a a level, like women are an edge, women can be an edge for you, but it's much more encompassing than that. It's much more encompassing than that. So I always try to encourage guys like you need to be, Oh, like I might get hurt. Uh, they might do this, that there might be divorce rate. Yeah. Well, so, fu- so what? So fucking what? I mean, isn't that, <laughs> I mean, you don't think are you telling me that you don't think that you could recover from that. So are you telling me that you think a woman has power of life and death over you? That's okay if if that's what you believe, but at least acknowledge the fact that you are the the problem stems from the belief that you are giving them all this power. You're not simply looking at them as another way that you can challenge yourself. 
and that you can expand. So once that is emphasized for guys, I think it tends to make a difference, tends to make a difference. I mean, the greatest men in history took risks their entire life. They're always on their edge. And that's why we remember them. Yes. Powerful, my man. And yeah, basically to live on your edge, to live outside your comfort zone and that you die in comfort, you die in safety, you die in protecting yourself. Um, not maybe in the physical sense, but parts of you die, parts of your life dies. Um, you kill off massive opportunity for progress, for progress and growth and happiness. So you're killing those things out of your life by holding yourself back. And I mean, when I was in a dating game and, uh, you know, it's something I did struggle with for a long time, especially through my teenage years. And I feel that a lot of the struggle came from uh, rejections, rejections from, from women and almost your own personality, your own characteristics, your own being is defined by the woman, the woman's got to fulfill my um, my happiness. The woman's got to um, make me feel adequate, and without that, I feel inadequate. I feel um, like I'm missing something in my life. So, yeah. But if a woman defines you, obviously she's in control, and you lose control of your own life and your own journey here. But I feel that that rejection is something that is massively holding men back. Again, you could go right back to kindergarten where you have it there or school college and there might have been a lot of rejection back then and 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 these things sting these things hurt and these things become ingrained and these things can become part of your identity and i feel that that's it's it's if you go back in history in your own life uh, you'll understand that you're holding yourself back because of the of that sting of that pain that you felt before from a rejection from a woman who perhaps you were very much attracted to um yeah and do you find that that's a a pattern in a lot of men's lives as they get to the point it's i'm afraid of rejection afraid of this pain again afraid of being hurt 100 percent. and and look i i I think that uh, it's normal it's natural now let me do a little reframe here for for guys so a lot of this comes down from the sort of so a woman is and a man is made and so if you look at nature and you know i think too much hay is like there can be this this can be like really reduced too much biologically but let's stick with it here on average men and women have the same iq okay on average men and women have the same iq but the band for men is, is wider. So what that means, because people who heard that, they're like, well, but actually like there were more smart men than women. It's like, well, to not be meta here about you and the band, there are a lot more really smart men than there are really smart women. There's also a lot more really stupid men than really stupid women. People don't talk about them, but that they're in prison, right? A lot of them are out of the the picture of society. So the point of this is that we don't want to over-exaggerate this because, yeah, historically, some men had multiple women. Some had two. Most had one, and then some didn't have any. Okay? It it wasn't like, you know, sometimes you hear like 80% of the women go to 20%. That's that. Doesn't, doesn't happen. All right. That, that never really happened. And uh, that wouldn't be very practical, except maybe Genghis Khan, right? It wasn't really practical. But the point here is that men have this wider band because men are nature's way of improving itself. Men are nature's experiment. There's a sort of stability with women. Women can only have a certain number of kids, but theoretically, a really great man would would be able to have more. And so he would nudge the gene pool in the right direction, whereas the men who were messed up would be out of the picture. They wouldn't they wouldn't get anything. And this is reflected in basically biology, which is that people say, well, what's well, a 50-50 chance of a boy and girl? It's like actually it's about 51 
52% chance of a boy versus a girl. Boys are more likely to be born than girls, but they're also, but they're also um, more likely to have genetic defects. And by the time, you know, by, by basically the end of adolescence, the numbers are evened out between boys and girls. Okay. And that's a natural thing. So, okay. What's the science lesson here? What's the relevance of this? You can kind of look at women as a proxy for is my, is my genes, are they, are they worthy enough to, to sort of propagate here? And you kind of look at like a, a woman sort of is the reflection of nature. Now, this is somewhat, you know, Jordan Peterson's talked about some of this stuff and I think he's done a good analogy of it. However, what Jordan Peterson doesn't talk about with this whole, you know, a woman rejecting a man is like nature rejecting a man is that, well, what kind of, yeah, on one level, women have the right to decide whether or not you're worthy, but on the other hand, if you are a man who's in the higher tier, you're way more valuable. So this whole thing like eggs are more valuable than sperm, it's not exactly accurate. Depends where you are in that curve. So everything here is really a big reframe. And I can tell you that the biggest shift that I personally experience and that my clients experience is when they go from thinking, how do I get the girl to thinking, why should I be around this girl? And so when they look at the approach as from a sense of qualification and curiosity, who is this girl I'm talking to? Is she cool? Is she worth me spending my time around? Versus trying to talk to her as if, you know, how do I, how do I show off? How do I, because a lot of the the basic game stuff, um, I'm not saying that that it's all bad. It's, it's not. I mean, it's great to be able to tell a story. It's great to be able to entertain. It's great. But you have to also know, like, what is the intention behind it? And if you're, if you tell a story and then, you know, she's laughing and then you like, okay, she laughed. I got to tell another story. I got to do this. Eventually you go from becoming the guy who's like, funny and interesting to the jester and you're literally here to just try to entertain her and that's obviously not in your best interests you're not being your authentic self either it's you're almost as you said showing off or putting on a show yeah 100 percent. and and that's really another benefit of the the qualification sort of aspect is that when you're trying to figure out a girl and figure out if she's worth being around you're you're not trying to put on airs yourself you're not trying to you know you're, you're not trying to be something that you're not authenticity is super important the only reason i like i think that just to make sure guys have the right impression with it because there's a lot of like bullshit mainstream advice that says just be yourself just be yourself it's like well it's you have to hold two concepts in your head simultaneously. You have to hold the sort of feminine concept of of self-esteem, how the feminine deals with love, which is that you're totally okay as you are, and you do not have to be any different. And it doesn't matter if you're not perfect, you're still loved, you're still worthy. With the masculine, which is that you know, you are loved and you can improve here. This is an area that you're out of alignment. And I use this analogy a lot, but it's, if, if you break your arm, feels good to have, you know, you know, mom comfort you. Right. But it's dad who sets the arm straight and puts it in a cast. I mean, if you didn't have that energy, that's like, it's like your arm is, you know, you got a compound fracture. It's exactly good as it is. No, it's not. No, it's fucked up. It's got to get fixed. And so you have to hold the two concepts in your head simultaneously that they're both valuable. And unfortunately, a lot of guys um, have been really pushed into one camp or another. And I see it on, on Twitter. It's just massive, abusive, self-abusive language. Like, and other guys see it 
it's like stop being a pussy you fucking you know you bitch here's you know it just goes on and on and on but uh anyway not to, to yeah go into a tangent there no but that's a very relatable tangent and something i can relate to as well i'm sure a lot of guys listening to this can relate to and for me uh you're hitting the nail on the head there in terms of my own life because i wouldn't have felt that i was good enough you know it was almost um there was a lot of criticism there was a lot of um rejection there was a lot of uh even school reports coming back saying oh gavin's doing good but he could do better uh yeah needs to improve and all this stuff becomes ingrained and uh, throughout a lot of my life i felt like i wasn't good enough so i always had to push to become better become better i'm not good enough i've got to get better and and then you accumulate that with the rejections from women and um all of that too and yeah it becomes a very lonely life because uh, you're 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 trying to go uh, one direction because you don't feel good enough to 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 move on to move forward in your own life towards a, a happier direction you feel like no i've got to get all this stuff sorted first before i can before i cannot have all this and it's like hang on a second you've you've already got all of that and you are worthy of love you are worthy of um affection attention and um you know fulfillment and all these things but i just i wasn't fed enough of that perhaps uh, during my my earlier years and on through my teenagers and 20s and it's only recently i'm i'm beginning to discover that um a lot of this personal development work that i do myself i have been doing myself for over 10 years now is all based on um all based on, on the idea that i'm not good enough and i need to improve i need to improve i need to improve and i'm very very critical of myself based upon the criticisms that i that i would have experienced in the past and the rejections i would have felt in the past as i mentioned when you're rejected from a woman or by anybody else you can interpret that inject re- rejection as no you're not good enough you're not good enough to be with me you know you're inadequate you're pathetic i don't want to be around you you know so again that's how i interpreted it and i'm sure a lot of guys interpret it in that way and this be- becomes ingrained if you don't have something else to to somewhat override that that belief such as a loved one or um a friend and saying putting your arm around you and saying yeah here she's full of shit uh you are good enough you're you're a great guy but again i just feel like i didn't have that armor in the shoulder such as you said there you know the uh the broken arm and, and the mother kind of comforting that and, and uh somewhat uh yeah helping you feel better about a a traumatic incident um i had the yeah i had the interpretation of yeah the arm is broken i've got to fix this and all my life the arm has never been fixed because i continue to work on it because uh i felt like i was broken based on a lot of those experiences in the past and as i mentioned before i feel a lot of guys carry that weight with them throughout their whole lives you know that rejection or rejections in the past become very self-critical of themselves and um feel like they're inadequate or not good enough to be with to be with a woman um so and on the other side of course as you said there is always room for improvement there are some areas of your life that maybe you do need to attend to some habits that you maybe need to uh, remove or some good habits you need to bring into your life in order to to help you improve but it's by no means um it, it doesn't mean that you're not already good enough that you're not already adequate enough and uh, that you deserve love and happiness and sex and all of this good stuff in your life as well you know so that's i feel a trap that a lot of guys fall into mm-hmm. yeah i mean and, and for the the guys listening to this i mean this segment may not be maybe very relatable it may not be entirely relatable base and, and the reason for that <clears throat> is that we are all at different stages of our lives and this is what's really important to take away if you're in the manosphere and you see stuff that gets put out there where you want to be ultimately is you want to be internally motivated internally oriented 
towards what you're going to improve and what you're going to change in your life. A lot of guys get on, get in like the manosphere and they see, okay, I got to, you know, I got to wake up every day at, you know, 4am and I got to go do two a day workouts. It has to be this kind of workout need to get cold showers. Of course, that's, that's, you know, a little passe at this point, but, um, only can eat, only can eat steak or carnivore related. You know what I mean? There's like, like, and then somebody else has been different. They're like, Oh, maybe I should do that. And it's like their little, and this is a natural progression for men because they go from not having any sort of sense that they can change anything in their life. And then they're like, wait a minute, I can change things. And so they get into the self-improvement circuit. And what you find happens is that guys do improve, but there's a sort of wall you eventually reach and it becomes really exhausting because you constantly, this is like one of the expressions you see thrown around. It's like, you must declare unceaseless war against yourself. No, that is a really toxic comment. Why would you declare war on yourself? That is literally that you're spending your energy against yourself. Self-improvement when you, you know, you have this sort of internal fight and then it's like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe it's time to, and I do a lot of this stuff with clients like inner child work. Um, This is part of the healing process, but getting guys to stop with the self-criticism, acknowledge sort of where they're at, and that both both of these kind of sides, including this the part, this maybe usually it's you know you identify it as a child internally, is not able to. It's being berated and beaten in this entire process, and it's not cooperating. And that's why the progress isn't as as much as you'd like. Some people are able to like run roughshod a little bit more over it than others, but if you were to sort of see, okay, well, what is that that part of inner child, that unconscious part of me, what does it want? Maybe he wants a break. A lot of times just wants to fucking break. And he wants to go have fun. You know, people, a lot of these guys, it's like, if they ever do take a break, it's to like, they, like they, they, they won't be able to enjoy a vacation because they'll be like, I should be working more. I should be hustling. I should be like, like, are you kidding me? I, I became so much more productive when I started like, saying to myself, you have one day a week off. You do not have to do anything for one day a week. And honestly, like, would love to maybe expand that. Um, The constant pushing forward of that, it's really important internally. But anyway, not to digress too much on that stuff. The the relevant point here is that you will get to a to a, a point where this whole self improvement stuff. Looking at what other per, this other person is doing, he's doing that, and maybe it works for him. Jocko Wilnick wakes up every morning to go to go to the gym at four a.m. That's cool. That works for him. That doesn't mean you have to do it. Maybe you want to try it. Maybe you try it out and you see how does it feel. Maybe you prefer going to gym the gym really that early. Maybe you don't, but we are so, and we've been programmed from an early age, as you mentioned, Gavin, with school systems, everything is external. We measure ourselves on the external rather than being like, well, what do I want to do? When you get to that point, it's like, are there things that I can still improve on? 100%, 100%. I can, for instance, I could drink a little less, really love my wine, could drink less, that would be an improvement. And I could probably be a little bit less on, on social, right? Social media. I think that's almost universal these days, right? We can all get the fuck off that a little bit. But, but those are things that I'm not saying, like, like people say, stop. You can't, you can't drink. You're not allowed to drink. It's like, fuck you. Like, I enjoy having, you know, two, two or three glasses of wine at dinner. I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Now, maybe I don't maybe I can get an internal feedback about where that habit goes. And maybe it's like, okay, it's a little bit too far. Maybe I don't actually want that. But to to say that I have to give up something that's valuable to me in my life and that I enjoy a ritual, 
because somebody else online said it. No, I don't have to do that. And you, no one has to do that. No one has to do that. And But that is the big journey for a man is getting to the point where he's actually able to internally reflect and see, is this in alignment or is it not in alignment? Is this thing something that actually makes me feel good? Like holistically across the board, not like the ego that, yeah, I overcame myself. That's That's fine, but it's much better when both your unconscious and your conscious are on the same page saying like, yeah, this is a barrier. And so these things, I think about them, I reflect on them. And if I, if I fall into it, you know, if I spend a little bit too much time on social media or when I have a little bit too much to drink, I'll think about it. It'll be like, yeah. And I can feel the change occurring. It's a gradual process, but the, but the change is occurring. My mind is kind of getting on the same page. But I'm not going to pick up a bunch of stupid random habits just because other people are projecting their own need. And, and by the way, that's why they're, they're putting it out there on social media. That's why they're talking about how fucking alpha they are because they need the validation externally. And they're looking to you for you to like it to validate them externally. Just consider that. Consider the subcommunication of what's going on. Mm, that's a that's a nice perspective man put it that way yeah very good man so uh yeah maybe let's bring it back to the to the dating and relationships and what you feel are the biggest challenges when it comes to dating maybe first of all uh for guys these days Uh, what what are the biggest challenges that they're faced with and how do they overcome it yeah, so you can kind of break down. Um, okay, well, so the biggest challenges I think are meeting women, um, meeting women who are not messed up and who are going to <laughs> be enjoyable to be around, right? Women who you're going to really feel a connection with. I think that's that's the main problem that a lot of guys have today, and because of a lot of the social fracturing, et cetera. And really once people leave college, there's just so many, especially as guys get older, it seems like their social group really depletes. So you have, okay, people who go to college inside college, you know, you have, you have maybe a social scene and then outside of college, maybe you have, those friends and you're in the city and you guys can go out, but little by little by your late twenties, um, the ones who are in relationships, they tend to, you know, disappear. And it's just, I see for a lot of this demographic, the sort of late twenties, early thirties, that they start to have this awareness that, wait a minute, my, I don't know how to actually organically meet people. I, my friends have been given to me by high school and college, which forced me to be around other other people. Maybe you pick up a work friend here or there, but really it's that's that's what happens. And so the thing that I'm probably most um, proficient in, it's like I'm really known for it, is social circle game and the construction of social circles outside of these sort of gifted domains like um like college (coughs) so for guys today i really think it is about where can i where can you meet women and because guys don't have this sort of network that will allow them to meet women that they normally wouldn't meet most guys just try to meet women online and the problem with meeting women online, I'm not anti-online dating at all. Um, was did it quite a bit back in the day. It was a little bit better of a scene back in the day. Um, but you can definitely still meet good girls on it. But the issue is that as a man, you are the 80-20 rule applies online because it, online is too much of a vacuum. It's too much of a non it's not, a, not the real world. And so guys are, are always getting 
lower quality girls aesthetically than they could get in the real world. Like if this is what you're getting online, know that you could do about, you know, two points better in real life. Um, so there's automatically some element of settling, perhaps you could, you could argue, but it's not even just about looks. It's about the fact that it becomes a really, really toxic environment. And there's a lot of women on there only for attention seeking. And it's draining for a lot of guys. It's draining for a lot of guys. Um, a lot of the really best women won't even go on there or they're on there for just a very brief window. They might go on for like two weeks. And if you miss them, so if online, I always, you know, if you can get girls who are new to the site, that's always better. They're always more responsive. They're less jaded. But all of this stuff, I mention all of it because I think that where we're going, and this is, this is a, uh, this is going to be really important for the guys listening to this to kind of prepare for the future. If you want to like meet women who are aligned with your values, who are attractive and who are, yeah, just going to be great to be around. And if you want to be able to get them from, from anywhere, and if you want to improve with online, you want to do, you want to meet more friends, et cetera. I am so much in the corner that you need to get a good social media account. You need to build up your social media. And the reason for that is because while we need to get things back into the real world, real world community, real world connection, we are, society's psyche is fragmented at the moment. And so if you go outside um, and you do a cold approach on a girl, you might, you know, you might be able to have, you might be able to figure out okay, who she is, but there's like lower ROI from this. A lot of in real life social circles have collapsed as a result of ideological differences. When you have a profile, and I'm not saying you have to be like a shitlord or anything like that, but I mean, profile that reflects your values and reflects a cool lifestyle, you are going to have girls engaging with you on there. So you have the element of meeting girls through that domain and you don't have to have a huge account for that, by the way. You don't have to have a huge account. There's a lot of people who have been getting married on Twitter of all places because they just commented like ironically or whatever on somebody's stuff. It is becoming like a real world community. The online community can become real world. I've, I've made friends in real life these last couple of years, but many of my really close now, now in real life friends, I met online. I met online. They were, they were just people in the community in the circle. The other thing is that if you really want to crush online dating, having a social media account to link to is massive because what they're looking for is they, they want to get a sense for you as a person. They want to make feel like you're a real person. And when you have a social media account, especially if you have like some followers and some engagement, then you, you feel like a person to them totally stand out. So I know a lot of guys don't like social media. Um, and I totally understand, totally get it, totally get it. But it really is a massive force multiplier. One more thing with it is that if you meet a girl just, you know, offhand in real life, much better to get her Instagram than her number. I'm, I'm very about like getting the number. Like, I don't think that people should stay on social media. If you have a strong connection, like get the number. But if you meet a girl, she's cute. You joke around a bit, but it's not like fully there. Better to get her social media because the number is, in, it, it wouldn't make sense. It feels kind of weird. Why would you text her? But if you get her social media, it's just like, oh, well, you know, we're now acquaintances, right? And then what happens is that she gets pulled into your world if you have a good social media. She might start liking your stuff. And so what maybe you couldn't do there, you can do down the line. And even if there's no romantic thing that occurs, you can, if she's like stuff, you can message her, you can invite her something, you can friend zone her, and then she brings her friends. There's just so many 
you you kind of keep people permanently in your orbit with social media. So I I think it's like everybody everybody should work on it. I think it's essential, but not essential, but I think it's highly recommended. Highly recommended. Yeah, I like that idea, man. It's, uh, you already you've already seen the. I think Facebook have started some kind of a dating thing, haven't they? Uh, so so mm-hmm. could all become, <clears throat> um, yeah, intertwined dating and social media could become. Although, although I will, I do want to say this about the Facebook dating stuff. Do not trust their algorithms. I'm 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 not. A lot of the dating apps, the problem is the algorithm that they do. I mean, you have your ELO, ELO score. They basically decide which women that you should be exposed to. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why it's just forget that, you know, dating apps are, are, you know, inadequate as time goes on. I'm talking about like organic with social media, messaging girls on your own, you know, if, if there's something that you can go off of there mm-hmm. versus saying like, I will let, you know, the algorithm find girls for me in life. Whenever you outsource your possible success to somebody, somebody else, it's not, um, doesn't work out very well, especially when, you know, with big tech and Facebook, they're not, Let's just say that they don't. Necess- they definitely don't have your um, your objectives. Yeah, your uh, in mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> your control of AI. So, uh, so yeah, like that's I guess in the dating scene. But uh, in terms of social media and that whole field, it can also become uh, quite destructive for somebody in a relationship as well. I mean, that's a huge distraction for uh, someone who's in a uh, someone who's married or in a serious relationship or long term relationship, and maybe the the wheels are starting to come off in that relationship a small bit. And as the wheels come off there, you're starting to uh, veer off a different track in terms of finding finding uh, your finding someone out there who's going to meet the desires or your needs or wants that you're not currently receiving the relationship because uh yeah maybe the the, the chemistry has uh, fizzled out or the um you just become disconnected from your partner so you're trying to connect to, to something else or somebody else and that that connection is often through social media when you do feel perhaps again vulnerable as a man and maybe somewhat neglected as a man and uh so what's your perspective on that is that when you go that direction is that a red flag in terms of the relationship or again it could be quite subjective or is that a red flag in terms of your own personality and approach in terms of okay maybe i'm not focusing enough on the relationship i need to place more focus on the relationship place less focus here or is it a red flag in terms of you know what this relationship maybe isn't working out and that's why i'm going this direction and again i know it's most like it's very subjective but in a general sense what's your own perspective whenever these distractions start to come into your life and you're veering more towards them than actually focusing on your relationship well you will tend to we look outside of our relationship when we're not getting things met in the relationship so whenever you see this sort of pattern in yourself where you look externally, it's an it's a indication that, okay, what have I not been asking for? What have I not been going after within the relationship I have? And if, if, you, haven't, if you haven't done that, then, I mean, maybe you, you approach her about some stuff and she you know, doesn't respond well to it, then maybe you're not in the right relationship. If, if, if her, if, you know, it's, there's so much context to this, which is why I'm being a little bit vague because yeah. what exactly is happening in the relationship, right? Is it, is it just like a sex thing? Is it um, a sense that she's disrespectful to you? Like there's so many different areas that this could be coming across in the relationship 
And let's be honest, if you guys haven't been communicating very well at all, um, when you first bring up something like that, you might get a negative response. So it's not to say that you get a negative response and that's, that's it. You might, you guys may need to fight a little bit. And then through the fighting, you begin to actually both express to each other what you're not doing. I mean, I, in my marriage earlier on, there was large periods of time where our just communication was not that great. And there was, there was resentment and there was blaming each other for things. And it really took like, you had to really drop down to like the bottom, like to the brink. And then it's like, okay, this is you, you've got a lot of bullshit here. I've got bullshit here. And we began to actually own our own stuff rather than project it on the other person. Like, Oh, you, they're not giving me this, not giving me this. I mean, I was very successful dating girls. Like wouldn't have been an issue for me to go find somebody else and hook up with somebody else. But I had the awareness to know that. Well, that wasn't, is that really what I was looking for? Is that really what I wanted? When some, you know, attractive girl likes our stuff on social media, yeah, it feels good to get that, you know, whatever. But if that becomes a vector where you're like thinking about that girl, that's an indication that you need that external validation. You need the external validation from a woman. And so, I think that, you know, with all these things, I, like social media, it's certainly like, like 80% of cheating is proximity. And you can say, you know, internet proximity, same rules apply. Um, but you will find yourself not really so interested in engaging those women in, in chit chat when you've been addressing your needs in the relationship. Like I get attractive women who message me all the time and they'll ask me questions and stuff. And, but I keep it very professional because I don't have any interest in sort of opening those doors because anything that went down that direction would be coming from like some sort of validation. Right. And it would feel really incongruent. Like if I were to do it, I, I would feel like really scummy, even if just, just like pushing the conversation longer than it needed to be. So a lot of this stuff, like it gets easier as you go deeper into yourself and as you uncover more crap. But yeah, for your average person, I mean, the only reason that they don't cheat is because either they don't have an attractive person around to do it with, or they're too afraid to do it. I mean, that, that's, and, and that's where a lot of like blackpilling comes from. It's totally true, but the issue is not like monogamy. The issue is that you are just literally a weak individual. And that's okay. I'm not saying that like, you know, we've all we have to go through these things, but just acknowledge the truth, which is that yeah, you would you would do it if you had <laughs> you're too afraid to do it and you and you don't have enough options. Like that's so so you're only with the person you're with because because of that. Like admit that to yourself. Admit it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And then once you do that, once you know that you could get other people, then it becomes a choice. And at a higher level, everything is about a choice. It's your choice whether to pursue. It's your choice to stay with the person. You don't have to do it. You're not obligated to do it, but you've made a choice to do it. And so that's empowering. Yeah, for sure. You've got control, which ultimately, yeah, you feel more. In control and, and more powerful in that position which is uh as you said a very strong position to be in instead of feeling weak or being weak pat this has been an absolute privilege taking loads of value from this and i'm sure the listeners will do too and if they want to reach out to you and find more about you and perhaps work with you where is the best place to find you yeah the best place to find me is on twitter I have a YouTube channel as well, but they're, they're both, um, Pat underscore Stedman. Cool. Um, that's S T E D M A N and yeah, give a follow there. Um, in terms of offerings, I do work with clients on multiple month, um, multiple months to a year long contracts. Um, it's on the phone. You guys can follow application if that's resonant, but what I would really recommend is to get the masterclass. 
Um, masterclass is 18 and a half hours of coaching. It's like core topics that I, I, I produced it for my coaching clients so that um, <laughs> I wouldn't have to have the same conversation over and over again and be easy for them to review. And then afterwards it was like, well, actually I might as well just release this as a standalone product. Um, masterclass is a really good way also for you to decide if you want to work with me because um, you, you'll get a sense, you know, if you didn't get a sense from, you know, just this interview, how I think about things, how I approach things and sort of where my knowledge and expertise base is. And just along with that, it's, de it's deducted from coaching because it's part of the coaching package. So it, it kind of gives you an ability to, um, the way, I, the way I look at it is like, it's like the encyclopedia and then coaching is the calibration and application of the information. So you may understand a bunch of stuff from that. You're going to learn everything pretty much that you need to learn, but the application of it in practice, like everything is I'm, I am, I'm a diagnostic di diagnostician, right? Is that, I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I say it right. Sometimes I don't. Um, I am really, really good at reading specific contexts and specific situation because a lot of guys in the manosphere, a lot of other coaches really think it's you do one thing and you just got to do that. It's like hammer nail, just like bang, bang. Whereas, you know, someone comes into the ER, uh, you know, you're not just going to do the same thing over and over again. Like there's a lot of, you have to get a read on the situation. What happens? Where's the damage? No, whatever. So, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, Pat underscore Stedman and you can have a YouTube channel as well. Um, Pat Stedman and, uh, and yeah, it's going to be good. See you Brilliant. there. Pat, yeah. Go check him out. And, uh, thank you for your time and for all the value you've shared, Pat, much appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on Gavin.